This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on your power bill, using technology wisely, and to live a more sustainable life. I'm Tim Eccles. I'm a public service commissioner, state of Georgia. Welcome to our show today. My co-host today, KC Boyce. KC, how you doing? I'm good, Tim. Good morning to you and to everyone out there. And where where are you? And are you hunkered down? I am indeed. Yeah, I am uh, working from home in Decatur uh, and hanging out here with my my family who are uh, my wife's also working from home. Kids are doing the distance learning thing. And um, it's been a bit of an adjustment, but uh, but we're working through it. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm hunkered down in Houston. I mean, I miss being in the studio, miss being with our producer, Logan Booker. I miss having Likewise. The, the very high <laughs> quality uh, system that Cox Media has. And so you and I are doing the next best thing. We've got mics and we've got uh, we've got our iPhone, we've got amplifiers, and we are actually recording using technology to record two separate tracks and then our producer logan booker lays those two tracks down on top of each other and his software merges them together for what our audience is hearing today how cool is that isn't technology amazing (laughs) couldn't do this 10 years ago yeah it is cool and today we're going to be going through the alphabet so you know parents and many of you are homeschooling for the first time ever I have seven children. We homeschooled all of them, you know, to to a certain extent. And uh, on this particular show, we're going to provide you with everything your kids probably need to know about energy in order to survive in America. So uh, Casey Boyce, my co-host, we're going to take you through A through Z. So Casey, let's get started. Well, and hey, before we jump off, I do want to give a shout out to folks on Twitter who uh, jumped in with some recommendations for some of these. So uh, we'll get started with A for audit. Tim, why is uh, why is audit the first thing we're talking about here today? Yeah, the energy audit and Georgia Power and many of the utilities will provide it free for you. They'll send a person out, you know, in uniform. They'll look at your attic insulation. They'll they'll look at your HVAC system. They'll uh, you know, in some cases, they'll even run a test on your house to just see how tight it is. Uh, and this audit will let you know if you're wait, basic, basically, Casey, wasting money uh, with, with your power bill, you know, by not having an efficient house. So it's important. I know I had an audit here. They said, hey, you don't have enough insulation. And with that, uh, I went to, to Kevin Rowe Insulation in Athens, and he put you know, he just basically doubled it. And we not only did we get a rebate from Jackson EMC, but we saw an immediate uh, decrease in our in our power bill. Well, and I can imagine your house was more comfortable afterwards as a result. It is more comfortable. It can be really cold outside and our temperature doesn't change that much overnight. So I can tell it's really having an impact. That's good. All right. So audit's the place to start. So you know that you're putting your time and effort in the things that are actually going to make a difference in your comfort and your power bill. All right. Uh, Okay. Moving on to B, biomass. Yeah. Biomass uh, is a a type of uh, fuel. Uh, You think about coal, think about uranium, think about gas. Uh, Obviously, the sun is a fuel. We use that in solar. The wind is a fuel as it blows wind turbines. But biomass is either wood chips or wood pellets. It actually can be any kind of thing, switchgrass. It could be any number of a, a, of a dozen or more type of fuels that you would put into uh, a furnace and burn it to turn to boil water, uh, to turn a turbine, to turn a generator. So uh, it just so happens that in Georgia, we have a lot of extra wood chips and uh, the wood chips are either just going to sit out in the field in the form of uh, limbs and tops of trees and just rot, or sometimes you can even see them pushing them together with the bulldozer and pouring diesel or kerosene and just burning them in the field. In case you rather than do that, 
you could send a chipping crew in there and chip it up and then haul it to a plant like uh, like graphic packaging in Macon or the Procter & Gamble plant in Albany, and you can actually use it to generate electricity. And now the commission just recently approved a biomass pilot as part of the uh, Georgia Power uh, Integrated Resource Plan, correct? Yeah, we just said we're going to approve another 50 megawatts of bio biomass. It's not a pilot per se because okay. we already have – uh, a little bit of biomass. It's, it's really less than 1% of, of what's on our system. But uh, we just want to continue to keep adding a little bit along and along as some of the contracts expire. All right. Good deal. So let's move on to C. C is for conservation. Yeah. Conservation is, you know, as you think about conserving power, conserving energy in your home, you know, that's that's turning the lights off. What are some other areas of conservation, Casey, that you think about? Yeah, so one thing that's worth maybe making a distinction with here is is the difference between conservation and energy efficiency. So we talked earlier about audits, right, energy audits. And energy efficiency is doing the same thing with less energy, right? So it's it's making sure that you've got the same amount of light, that your temperature is the same. Conservation is just using less. So it, as you said, it's turning the lights off. It's maybe turning the thermostat down in the winter um, or, you know, turning it up in the summer, um, uh, let the, the temperature ride a little bit uh, more. Um, it could be, you know, not taking that trip to the store and, and hopping on a bike or something like that. So, um, you know, that, that's what conservation is in, in uh, contrast to energy efficiency, which, again, that's the same thing, just less energy that goes into it. Yeah, conservation is, I think, a bigger concept than, than just energy, because as you think about it, as it relates to sustainability, even when I take my cloth grocery bag, to Publix or Kroger when I shop, that's conservation, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I, you know, when I'm more careful with the water coming out of my sink when I'm brushing my teeth and I don't have the big stream, but I've just got the trickle, that's conservation. Yep. Uh, and, and so as you begin to think about areas in your life where you could conserve, they're probably there's probably a, a, a bunch of things. And what it always translates to is uh, is is saving money either for you or somebody else. Absolutely. All right. How about so, D? Yeah. So D, we've got distributed generation. And I'm going to jump in on this one, Tim. Mostly what we're talking about here is solar. Um, although there are certainly for some larger commercial uh, customers, they could do something like wind or maybe even a combined heat and power uh, plant. Um, increasingly, battery storage is part of that uh, distributed generation. And really, this is anything that the customer owns um, that's not kind of a central power plant. And uh, Tim, how, how is the commission thinking about distributed generation right now? You know, I think I think we've kind of put up with it over the last number of years. But this year, we added net metering. Uh, to how the power company is going to price distributed generation. So I think we made a, a really sharp turn at the end of uh, at the end of 2019 where we said, you know, we're going to value this a little bit more than we have in the past. Well, that's great. I definitely see in my research that customers across the country and across the political spectrum really value distributed generation and the, their ability to invest in it if they so choose. All right. Great. How Shall about we move e? On? e? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about environmental impact. Yeah, that's something uh, that we talked about in a previous show with uh, the environmental guy uh, down at United Consulting. Uh, is that is that more and more companies, more and more builders, more and more construction sites are taking a look at environmental impact uh, as they're building things, as you're as you're developing a wetland, uh, as you're uh, as you're encroaching on a stream, uh, I, I just think it's becoming uh, more and more important uh, in our society. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, it's something that really any sort of behavior, um, you know, or any sort of purchase has an environmental impact, right? You think about, uh, you know, even putting solar panels on your roof; that material's got to come from somewhere. And it's got to go from the factory to your home, right? And so when you're thinking about how do we live more sustainably, right, part of the show, it's about making choices that that have a low environmental impact. That's right. And so whether uh, I am now discarding solar panels after 20 or 30 years or wind turbine blades, 
that can still have an environmental impact. Uh, and, and I think you have to kind of look at it uh, over, over the full life cycle of, of that. Uh, and so you want to make it as sustainable as possible. And that's why I think folks are really racing now to try to come up with a way to recycle lithium ion, which is going to be in these batteries that more and more people are going to be doing. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, move on to F. Yeah, one more here. F, which uh, you, you talked about this before, but fuel. Um, so, you know, the different kinds of fuels that we use to get our, our energy. And uh, you mentioned nuclear and natural gas, and we talked about biomass, um, talked about some solar. Um, wh- why is that an important thing to, to consider, um, you know, from running the, the electric system? Yeah, for us in Georgia, we want to have a diverse fuel mix. Uh, we don't want to rely on any one fuel too much. If you think about how just recently gas prices have gone down because of uh, a worldwide glut, so to speak, and uh, natural gas prices are cheap. But what would happen if there was a shortage or if, uh, if, if there were issues causing the prices to spike uh, then if you're if you're relying on one type of fuel too much, then your power w- will go up. So uh, we want to in Georgia, at least we're we're careful to try to have a little bit of everything. Uh, obviously, a lot of natural gas in our state and a, and a lot of coal. Casey, I'd like to continue uh, going through the alphabet here uh, for our show. So why don't we uh, wrap up this segment? Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to start uh, with the next letter in the alphabet. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. We'll be right back. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make. Like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. BMVW is the place in Metro Atlanta to get your used hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or fully electric car. They're located on the south side near the airport, but it is well worth the drive. Go online to look at their inventory at ev-hybrid.com and set up a time to see the vehicle or even drive it for up to three days. I don't know of anywhere else in Metro Atlanta that you can do that. That's ev-hybrid.com, the best deal in town. ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AmLaw 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. Welcome back. We are sheltering in place and our show's moving forward. Can't get in the studio because of the policy of the station. Like so many companies that have closed up shop, the media world is taking great precautions as well. So I'm in Houston, Georgia, uh, recording. Casey, my co-host. Casey, where are you at? I'm in Decatur, Georgia. Yeah, so you're sheltering there. We're using technology wisely in this case, I think, and we're uh, we're recording our show. We're uploading it to our Cox Media station, and our uh, phenomenal magician uh, producer Logan Booker works its magic. and And you're hearing uh, some great audio, even though we've recorded this in our home. Casey, we've been going through the alphabet here, and we're going to go through the whole alphabet as we think about different energy paradigms, policies, technologies. So where do we leave off? All right. So we left off with fuel, and you were making the point that, you know, in Georgia, we want to have a a portfolio of of fuels. The next one is sort of a fuel, but sort of not. It's G for geothermal. 
And, uh, you know, there's kind of two ways that you can tackle geothermal. Um, most of the time when people think about geothermal, it's about heating or cooling. So I'm Indicator. Uh, Agnes Scott College is here Indicator, and they've got a, a fairly large geothermal system that they installed where they run these big giant metal loops underground, uh, and they use the constant temperature of the earth to basically as, as a heat source um, to heat and cool an adjacent building for their, uh, their campus. Um, and it's a lot more energy efficient than a lot of other kinds of, of heating and cooling because the ground is a constant temperature year round. So that's one way. The other geothermal is, is actually a generation source. And there's not many places in Georgia, really at all, not many places in the U.S. Uh, where geothermal generation works. But there are some places um, in California and, and around Yellowstone. And there's even countries like Iceland that use geothermal. It's, it's literally, you know, hot boiling water from underground ground because it's close to the uh, the Earth's core, comes up, spins a turbine, and, and goes back down. Yeah, really, all of these fuels that we were talking about, they all basically boil water, turn a turbine, and turn a generator. So uh, I hate to simplify all of this, but it really is as simple as figuring up clever ways or inexpensive ways or environmentally friendly ways to boil water, right? More or less. Solar is the exception to that. Um, and, and wind to a lesser extent, right? And that, that spins it uh, indirectly. But yeah, it's a lot of water and a lot of spinning things. And I think if we get more and more renewable energy online with wind and solar, and in this case, geothermal, uh, then we're going to see uh, the technologies decrease in price. And certainly there's a lot of really positive benefits. Yeah, there's a, a company out there called Dandelion Energy. It came out of Google, and uh, they're working to make geothermal for homeowners a lot less expensive um, by applying some of that Google magic sauce. So um, if you're interested, go check them out. I don't know if they're working in Georgia or not, but a uh, very interesting concept there. Up at Young Harris College, uh, when Kathy Cox, the former Secretary of State, was president there, she installed geothermal. Raven Gap Naguchi School in Dillard, mm. Georgia, they have yeah. geothermal for their dorms. There's the Hands in Columbus. Georgia, that uh, commercial establishment has geothermal. So there's a little bit of it around, Casey, but I sure would love to see more. That's a great technology. Well, let's let's move on and kind of continue in this vein. H is for HVAC, um, which is heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Uh, what does that have to do with energy? Well, certainly th that HVAC system is probably the hungriest thing that you've got taking energy in your house along with your dryer. So uh, it's, it's important to have it running efficiently. Do you want to explain the SEER, uh, the different SEER levels and where we're at in terms of technology on SEER? Casey? I'll do my best. I'm, I'm not an expert on, on SEER, but basically when you look at your, your HVAC unit, is, the SEER rating is a measure of how efficiently it turns energy into uh, heat or cold air. And the higher the number, the more efficiently it works. So geothermal that we just talked about tends to have a very, very high uh, SEER rating. Um, you know, kind of your standard um, old air conditioning unit outside, um, maybe on the lower end, but you know, the standards have gone up. So even if you were to replace your, you know, 20 year old unit with just a, the cheapest thing you can go find, it's going to be a lot more efficient than it was. Um, and, you know, Tim, just to, to give you a sense, when our air conditioning uh, is running, um, we use about four kilowatts for that. So that's that's about the power draw that it uses, which is about half of what the, uh, the draw is to charge our electric cars. Wow. Yeah, it's important, folks, uh, that you get, get a checkup for your uh, HVAC system and that when you do replace it, that you try to get a high, the highest SEER level that you can afford. Yep, for sure. All right. Um, and on that note, uh, we started off with energy audits and uh, moving on to I, which is insulation. And Tim, you talked a little bit about what you did after your audit. Uh, you want to give a quick recap of that for folks who are just joining us? Yeah, I'm a, a Jackson EMC member. Before this, I was a Walton EMC member. And they will do a free energy audit. So they came out and they looked in my attic and you know, measured it uh, and said, look, this insulation that you have is, you know, is not satisfactory. You should get more. And they, uh, and, and they basically said, if you will do it to this standard, we will give you a $400 rebate. Oh, that's and nice. so, uh, so we went ahead and did that, got the rebate. And of course, we're enjoying the benefits of it uh, every single month. 
Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that often is cheapest to do in a home is to insulate and seal up any air gaps um, and definitely makes a difference in the energy used and, and the comfort. And there's some cool technologies out there. My uh, my house is built with something called SIPs. It stands for Structural Insulated Panels. So think of an Oreo cookie. And on the outside, the, uh, the chocolate wafers are OSB-oriented strand board. And on the inside is a big, thick, like five-inch um, thing of foam. So it's a solid insulated insulation sheet on our exterior walls. Wow, that's really cool. All right, uh, let's move on to Jewel, uh, which is our our J. And we're not talking J-E-W-E-L, it's J-O-U-L-E, which is a, a unit of energy. And I think that's about all I've got to say on that, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not an engineer, and it would have helped me on the Public Service Commission, certainly, to have an engineering degree. I have three degrees from the University of Georgia. Uh, certainly, as you, especially any of the, of the homeschooling parents out there, uh, as you go through physics with your your kids, if, if, you're, if your child is taking physics now or you're doing some physical science concepts, you're going to run across measurements uh, of energy. You're going to be talking about Joule. You're going to be talking about other concepts and it would be it would be uh, great fun to have them learn and do a tour of a power plant talk to a real engineer so it's a, it's a cool thing to consider yeah so our next uh, letter here is also a measure of energy k is for kilowatt um and this one may be a little bit more relevant right so maybe let's take some time to explain it <laughs> more to uh to our listeners so i mentioned earlier when we were talking about hvac you know when my hvac is running it's drawing uh, about four kilowatts um, but when you actually pay your electric bill or when the power company calculates your your power bill, um, wh- what is it basing that on? Yeah, certainly they're looking at what your meter, your your spinning meter, if you've got an analog meter or a digital meter, is registering the amount of energy that you're using in your home. So everything's tied into that, uh, the power that you're using for your refrigerator, to run your air condition, all the lights in your house. And back on the old analog meters, the faster it was spinning, the more you were using, the more kilowatts you were using. Now it's it's digitized and you're not able to graphically see that by just going out and looking at, at your meter. But the same principle applies that as you turn things off, and I have 61 light bulbs in my house, and it's estimated- This is the benefits of sheltering at home, right? Yes. Yeah, so what, what else do we have to do other than yeah. to count our light bulbs? I gave a Twitter challenge recently for folks to count the number of light bulbs they had and then just create a fraction on how many of those light bulbs were either compact fluorescent or LED. Um, and so of my 61, only 30 of my bulbs are uh, are either compact fluorescent or LED. I had a number of regular fluorescents, a number of incandescent uh, bulbs. And so if, if I leave those incandescent bulbs on KC um, all day, let's say an outside floodlight or something, you leave about 10 of those lights on, uh, mostly on, you're, it's going to be about $10 a month uh, that you're spending. So it's, it's real money as you're turning lights off uh, that, that you're going to see savings on your bill. Yeah, and, and that's all measured in kilowatt hours, right? Yep. Sure. All right. Moving on to our next LED. We were just talking about lighting, and um, you said LED and compact fluorescent. What's, what's the difference between those? Yeah, the light-emitting diodes. I went up to the Cree factory and Research Triangle and looked, watched them develop lights up there, and it's just... You know, these these LED lights are incredible, and there's there's various colors, and we've talked about it before, in terms of kind of the the tone or the tint of the of the of the light. But these produce so much less heat and so much more light, and they last a long time. They're just a a phenomenal deal. They're just uh, they're probably the biggest energy game changer that we've had in a long, long time. And they've gotten really cheap. I remember when they first came out, you would spend 20 bucks or something like that on an LED bulb. And I was at the hardware store the other day and man, they're, they're down to a couple of bucks. Yeah, let's do one more. All right. Uh, so let's wrap up with metering. Yeah, certainly we talked about net metering on the show before and how folks that have solar. Uh, and, and you know what? I think I want to come back and talk a little bit more about metering, time of All use right. rates and other things. So uh, 
why don't we save this for our next segment? I'm Tim Eccles at, uh, on Twitter. Casey, you are? I'm at Casey Boyce on Twitter. And our shows at Matters Radio. Stick around. We're going to continue going through the alphabet and helping you see various concepts that you can talk to your kids about, study about yourself, learn about. We'll be right back. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. They're dedicated to energy solutions for both your home and business. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure their clients receive the highest quality of solar energy systems in the industry. Contact CSUSA today at 770-485-7438 or go to creativesolarusa.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMVW Auto Sales. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Better Tomorrow Solar. Imagine a world powered by sunlight. Imagine your home powered by sunlight. Better Tomorrow Solar has a passion for helping you see this for yourself. They've worked hard to overcome the chief obstacle to solar adoption, its initial cost. In some cases, they can install your solar panels at no cost, then charge a predetermined, stable rate for the energy used. In other cases, Better Tomorrow Solar has creative ways to finance the installation so the monthly payments are lower than the energy savings. Find out more at BetterTomorrowSolar.com. That's BetterTomorrowSolar.com and see how you make your world better. Hey, we're back on Energy Matters. I'm Tim Eccles. I'm a public service commissioner and also the host here of Energy Matters. We're glad to be with you and thanks for waking up with us. Uh, Casey Boyce is my co-host. Casey, how's it going? Uh, I'm good. I'm looking forward to getting through the back half of the alphabet here with you, Tim. Yeah, we're going through the alphabet right now, looking at various different energy concepts. And it's kind of a school theme, I guess, because Casey, with everybody sequestering uh, themselves and sheltering in place. We're getting a lot more time with families. Everybody's doing school at home and folks can take their kids through the alphabet with us and they'll learn quite a bit about energy. We left off with what? Uh, M for metering, did with we? M for metering, that's right. You know, there, everybody has a meter on their house. You probably never look at your meter, but uh, you certainly get the results of your meter when you look at your uh, your energy bill. And these meters are smart. They're digital. They can be programmed to do different things. If you've got solar on your home, the meter's programmed one way. If you are using what's called a time of use rate, it works another way. In fact, you can go to georgiapower.com forward slash nights and weekends, all just spelled out nights and weekends. And you can see a special metering rate that they have called a time of use rate. There's others, there's a, a flat bill, there's budget billing, uh, there's all kind of different rates, and based on how you use energy determines what rate you should be on. Casey, you work with a lot of clients in other states. Do do folks have a lot of metering choices in other states? It really depends. A, a lot of it's based on the commission, but I, certainly I think we're seeing a lot more rate options coming up as uh, utilities are implementing those smart meters and have the ability to program them in different ways like you talked about. Um, you know, there are utilities um, like out in Arizona, Arizona Public Service has had time of year, a time of use for a long time. So a lot of their customers are on that. But really the number one thing, and, and you said it, is that it depends on how you use your energy and, you know, how you want to think about it and how you want to pay for it, what rate plan is right for you. And so what utilities are really seeing, and again, we see this in, in the research that my company does for our utility clients, is that people just want choice, right? So what might work for me, the EV time of use rate, may not work for you, right? That's right. And so you, you need to get this right, but you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't even know these rates exist, then you don't know to ask about it. So this is something that you can call Georgia Power or your EMC or your city uh, and say, hey, what's available? And would you please look at my bill and tell me what you would recommend? 
And of course, you can reach out to us on our show, and we're happy to give you our advice about your situation as well. So feel free to hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Tim Eccles, and he's at Casey Boyce. Okay, let's go to the letter N, Casey. All right. So this one's a little bit of an outlier night. Yeah, nighttime is, of course, you're sleeping, but you know what? Our power plants aren't sleeping. They're still working, and energy overnight is really cheap. And uh, in fact, folks that have electric cars, I have an electric car, Casey, you have have one. Our cars are our cars are, are getting that power at night. They're plugged in. We're not we're not really allowing them to to get that energy before eleven o'clock. And so by taking advantage of, of what those power plants are doing, we're actually providing greater in a greater efficiency on the grid, better load factor as it's called in the business. And we're actually putting downward pressure on everyone's rate. We're essentially fractionally lowering everyone's rate, right? Yeah, that's right, because all of the infrastructure from the power plants through the transmission lines and the substations and the transformers, all of that stuff has to be built for the peak demand. So you think about, you know, summer afternoon when everyone is running their air conditioners. Well, if it's, you know, springtime and it's nighttime and folks are sleeping and aren't running air conditioners, you know, a a lot of that capacity is just sitting there unused. And so, as you say, you know, charging overnight or, you know, even doing laundry overnight, if you've got that ability, um, that helps increase the utilization and, and keeps costs low for everyone. Um, let's let's move on, Tim, shall we, to uh, to Ohm, yes. another one of our fun energy words. So uh, this is spelled O-H-M, and uh, this refers to resistance. Um, this could be a fun thing for you to go look up with your kids, lots of interesting stuff. But as it applies to the electric system, anytime you move electrons, there's resistance to that, and uh, and you lose some electricity as part of that. But the power company tries to keep that as low as possible. And that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> Another O word I think about is a company called O Power. I don't know if you worked with them before, but they would come to a utility and and they would develop a campaign of helping neighbors to see how much their how much energy they're using in relation to other neighbors. So they don't necessarily give a name or disclose anything private, but they would just say you're using more power than x amount of your neighbors and it uses kind of a a social mechanism to try to get people to lower their energy use you've seen that right casey i have and you know it was really innovative and and had some good impact when it came out i you know i think it's become a lot less effective um recently um for a couple of reasons not not only because there are more folks that have electric cars and and solar in various parts of the country um, and so they get those reports and, you know, the report says, well, you use twice as much as your neighbor. And you say, well, yeah, but I haven't gone to the gas station in six months. Right. So, um, you know, th- th- there's some some nuance there. That's a good point. All right. All right. Let's go to the letter P. P is for photovoltaic, which is another word for solar. You're a big advocate of solar, Tim, aren't you? Yeah, I had solar thermal on my Winterville house. Uh, I am anxious to get solar on this uh, Houston house that we have, and we're going to have a back porch that we're putting on the house, and the the roof of the porch will be solar, uh, and we'll tie it in um, to uh, be what's called behind the meter. Why don't you explain the difference between a buy-all, sell-all relationship and behind the meter? Yeah, that, so that, that's great to hear that you're doing that. So uh, a buy-all, sell-all is basically when the power company is taking all of the power that you produce and, and compensating you for it. Um, behind the meter, um, now with the change to net metering that the commission passed uh, in late uh, 2019, basically the way that that works is that um, every month the power company will net the amount of money, uh, the amount of electricity that you use against the amount of electricity you push back out onto the grid and you get a, a, a bill as a result of that and photovoltaic uh, we were talking earlier about fuel but uh, explain what happens as the sun rays as the sun sun's rays hit the uh, the silicone cells with the silver kind of inlaid in it and and how that becomes electricity <laughs> Tim, you were talking about your lack of engineering degrees. You're asking a political science major to expound <laughs> on quantum mechanics here. <laughs> Basically, hey. as I understand <laughs> <Go> it, <ahead. laughs> 
<laughs> and all of you on Twitter that are, are actual physicists, you guys can jump in and correct me. I'm at Casey Boyce, so, uh, so let me have it. But as I understand it, as a, a photon from uh, sunlight hits these uh, silicon cells, uh, basically knocks out an electron and that gets con- uh, conducted through uh, the solar cell and, and ultimately powers the house. Yeah, so uh, so photovoltaic, <laughs> it's a long word, and it is more complicated than we can give you this morning. Okay, uh, well, let's see, can I even get the next letter of the alphabet? Okay, that would be Q. That would be Q, and, and uh, Q is for quick, uh, and really what we're talking about here is responsive service. And, and Tim, this is your domain as a p- politician, but certainly we can talk about what it means for energy companies too. Yeah, so... I may not can explain photovoltaic, but I can tell you what quick is and how important it is to be responsive to consumers, to constituents. And Casey, that's why I live on social media. And I actually troll social media looking for people that are complaining about uh, me or complaining about our commission or complaining about the power company or whatever it is, because I want to help solve their problem. Uh, And I try to take it offline quickly. I try to get them into a direct message, ask them to call me, find out exactly what the problem is so I can try so I can try to help them get it fixed. And and the quicker you do this, the better. And it doesn't matter what political party you're in or whether you're friends with a person or not, they appreciate you trying to help them. It's been one of the most important things in the nine years that I've been in office. Well, and that's definitely something that we see for utilities as well as being responsive, helping solve a customer's problem is really key to satisfying people. There's nothing worse than talking to someone that doesn't seem like they want to help or that they don't care. And and so fortunately, a lot of utilities have really invested in making sure that their people do care and, and know how to take care of folks. So... That's great. Let's All do right. one more letter in this segment because uh, we're getting through the whole alphabet. So let's let's go to R next. R. So our R word is reclosers. So we talked a little bit earlier about uh, smart meters and uh, you know what that means for different rate options. Um, reclosers are, are a grid technology that basically. Um, allow circuits to be kind of dynamically um, created based on grid conditions. And usually it's when there's a power outage, right? So like you say a tree falls on the line in your neighborhood. Well, the, the recloser will operate to um, allow power to continue to flow to some other folks, whereas they might not have that power before. You know, I think about how smart the the grid system is getting. You think about smart meters that we talked about earlier, there's also smart inverters. They're smart transformers. And when we say smart, it just means that these things are more efficient. And, you know, with smart inverters on solar, it could be that a utility decides whether or not to take the solar from a person based on what's happening on the grid. So uh, we do have a lot of smart things. That's not going on in our, in our state, but the capability is there. And certainly as it gets smarter, uh, I think it's going to be more efficient. Well, look, stick around. We're going to finish out the alphabet in the next segment. I'm Tim Eccles uh, on Twitter. He's KC Boyce, and we'll be right back. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Tim Eccles here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over Georgia. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. The folks there understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll unpack it all. They've been in business for over 25 years. To find out more, go to SolarSunWorld.com. That's SolarSunWorld.com. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. 
Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We're back with our final segment today. We're going through the alphabet of energy uh, here on Energy Matters. And we teased before, Casey Boyce, my co-host today, we teased before that folks that listen to Energy Matters can can get a continuing education credit. And in this case, uh, by going through the alphabet with your family, uh, you're going to help your kids learn a lot about physics and a lot about energy, right? Absolutely. So we've gone through R, and we're going to pick back up in this segment with S, which is for storage. Yeah, storage, energy storage. We're talking about batteries, and folks are familiar with the lead-acid battery that's in their car. I mean, and virtually all lead-acid batteries are recycled. So uh, you see these in golf carts. Uh, If you play golf, you see these in your lawnmower, in your boat. Lead-acid batteries are prevalent. Uh, But... Uh, there's a new technology coming, uh, a lithium ion that's in your iPhone and uh, it's, it's in electric cars. There's other technologies coming down the road, uh, lithium titanate, lithium ion phosphate, uh, graphene. Casey, there's all kind of technologies being looked at. It, I think it is the next big thing in the energy world. Absolutely. Well, and as Catherine Hamilton, who is a a clean tech energy lobbyist, uh, says, storage is like the bacon of the grid. It goes well with everything, right? It allows you to to be a a load, so a source of pulling electricity off the grid. It allows you to put electricity on the grid. Uh, It allows you to do a lot of things in terms of frequency regulation and other grid services. So it's it's just an amazingly flexible uh, technology that can really help support a lot of what we're trying to do. Casey, we approved uh, 80 megawatts of utility-scale battery storage for the state of Georgia, and that's that's being designed. It'll be deployed. I'm not sure precisely where we're going to wind up putting it, probably at some military bases, maybe at, at some colleges, uh, but it's going to be a big thing as we go forward. I mean, I really do anticipate solar combined with storage will probably put an up a, a couple other coal plants out of business. Yeah, and we've seen, um, I think I've mentioned this on the, the show before, um, but a lot of the solarized programs that are happening around the state, um, a lot of people, when they put solar on their roof, they're putting solar the storage in, in their homes. So they've got home batteries that they're using as backup in case the grid goes down or to, to arbitrage time of use. Yeah, it's huge. Okay, let's go to the letter T which is time of use. Uh, so we talked about uh, metering before and kind of the, the different rates, um, but w- what does time of use actually look like? What, is, what does that mean when we talk about that? Yeah, so with Georgia Power, they market it under their georgiapower.com slash nights and weekends rates. Uh, and so if you just go to that, you can get a detailed explanation. But let me tell you how, how it worked for me. We were in that Winterville house that had solar thermal, and it was a, you know, I had a lot of, I have seven kids. So we had, uh, my teenagers back then were home. We were using a lot of energy, had a couple of, uh, a couple of heat pumps uh, on the house. And uh, we were spending about $800 a month on our energy bill. And it was substantial. Uh, and I was trying to, I, I'd just gotten elected and I was, I was myself still learning about all this. And I talked to Georgia Power, and they said, well, you, if you go on the time of use rate, uh, your energy will go up really high from 2 to 7. But then after 7 p.m., it's going to drop down to almost nothing all the way up until 2. And I said, well, I'll try it. Uh, and I got my wife on board, and we just began to enforce this. And so when it came 2 o'clock, Casey, we had already really cooled our house or pre-cooled our house down, got it really cold. We would just shut everything down. I mean, I wouldn't go to the fuse box and shut it off, but we essentially shut everything down. The ACs were turned off. Uh, all the lights were off, uh, and uh, and we would leave it that way for five hours. And it did get a little toasty towards the end of that, but we cut our bill by about a third. And so I really became a believer in that. Man, that's incredible. And and we do something very similar. So let's move on to you, which is for undergrounding. Um, and, you know, this is something that a lot of uh, power companies in very storm prone areas, so you think about like Florida Power and Light um, have done to help uh, with uh, reliability um, and keeping power lines away from, you know, trees that fall on them. 
but it's really expensive. I didn't realize how expensive it is to underground lines uh, until a number of years ago. I was uh, I worked with the Atlanta Belt Line, and we were talking with Georgia Power about potentially undergrounding some lines near what was going to become a park. And it was tremendously expensive because you have to run redundant infrastructure so that if there is an issue that you can reroute power. Um, what, what's your take on, on undergrounding? Is this something that we're going to see more of in Georgia or maybe along the coasts or, or what do you think? I had a, a friend who had me down to his place at St. Simons and he said, see those big lines running from uh, running over to East Beach? He said, that, that's eye pollution. We need to get rid of it. And I said, well, let me, let me find out what it cost. And uh, it was a million dollars a mile, <laughs> a million <laughs> a mile to put those big lines underground. And it's just really expensive. And my friend, Michael Picker, who actually uh, was the chairman of the California Public Utility Commission, he, he convinced me that when you underground lines, you, you get into some other problems as well, because now it's down there in the moisture. And, ah, yeah. uh, and and you you can have some leakage and then it's much more difficult to work on it because now you got to dig everything in, up and uh, and you've got all this other stuff around it. You've got gas lines, you've got fiber. And what if I cut the fiber? And it happens sometimes as folks are digging uh, for one thing that they cut something else. So I don't know, Casey. I, I mean, yeah, it would solve problems with stuff falling on the lines during an ice storm, but I think it may be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to V for variable speed. And and here we're talking about motors. And I, I think the thing to know here is that really the having a variable speed on a motor like a HVAC um, system that we talked about earlier really just allows you to use the amount of energy that you need rather than having to run it full blast all the time. Yeah. You know, I think about uh, at the port, uh, we had these rubber-tired gantry cranes that moved the, uh, that would pick up a container and move it and set it on top of another container, and these things were either running wide open or not running at all, uh, hmm. and they no didn't have a governor on them, and uh, and uh, and it, it initially we we got the governor on it. Now we've electrified them all. Uh, you're talking about cutting the power bill, but bet, um, yeah. but when, when you think about being able to throttle something back, I mean, folks have a lawnmower, you know, you know, your lawnmower might be idling at a certain speed and then you, you know, you give it, you know, you give it some uh, additional gas to be able to get the RPM RPMs up with the blade so that you can mm-hmm. cut your grass that are a sticker or something like that. That's kind of what we're talk- talking about here. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the last four here, uh, we'll have to do one a minute, but uh, we'll get it done, Tim. Uh, w for wind. Um, so we were talking about this, not a big thing in Georgia necessarily, but you thought it was important to cover wind because it is important elsewhere in the country. It is, and it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And folks, they see wind turbines and they may think, oh, that's you know some kind of rudimentary form of energy. But those, those gearboxes that are sitting up on those big poles, those are German engineered oftentimes. And it's like a you know a, a transmission in a car and uh it's the blades may not be turning very very fast uh but by the time it gets through all those gears it's really turning a lot at the other end so it is a great form of energy i think we just don't have high speed winds here in georgia or consistent speed winds but in other places like texas and kansas and oklahoma um, certainly any anywhere near the coast, just a valuable form of energy. Absolutely. All right. So our next one is near and dear to your heart, X energy. What's X energy? <laughs> well, for, for purposes of our teaching today, it really refers to uh, a, a particular company that makes a pebble bed nuclear reactor, uh, an advanced generation four reactor. But really under X today, I want to just think about the future of nuclear energy across the world and we have we haven't built much nuclear energy here in america for for quite a while georgia's building a generation three reactor uh in in the ap 1000s but i think you know in 20 30 40 50 years you're going to see more advanced technologies that use less water the safer uh I i think it i think it is the future especially since it's carbon free all right on to our last two. Y is for Model Y, which is Tesla's recently released compact electric SUV. 
Um, and I, I, you know, I think this is really important. We've talked a little bit about how you and I both own electric vehicles. Um, but when you look at the kinds of cars that are sold in the U.S., a lot of them are compact SUVs and they, they're a little bit less expensive. So, I, you know, I think this this car is just going to blow the market wide open for people transitioning over to electric vehicles. Yeah, the, you know, the Tesla Model 3, the most popular electric car in America, then the, then the Model S. And I think this, this Model Y is going to do the same thing. People really have grown accustomed to the Tesla and they appreciate its value. And it's a cool looking car. All right, let's wrap up here with zero and we're cheating a little bit because we're talking net zero. And when we talk net zero, what we mean is that a building produces as much energy as it uses, not necessarily at the same time, right? You might need uh, to have some grid power every now and again, but you're putting as much out there as, uh, as you need. Um, and this is a concept really that, you know, the Germans um, have been working on for quite a while, but there are certainly some net zero buildings um, here in Georgia. Um, uh, you know, you look at, at Georgia Tech has actually, I know that's not uh, exactly where you want to go, Tim, but uh, <laughs> Georgia Tech's got a new building that's net zero, has a lot of solar panels on top and, and very energy efficient, uses the technologies we're talking about here. And Casey, I hope more of us can have net zero houses. I hope to be net zero one day. That'd be great. So. Casey, it's been great going through the alphabet with you today. I'm at Tim Eccles on Twitter. And I'm at Casey Boyce on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us. You can always hit us up uh, on social media or on our emails. We'd love to have a conversation with you. You're listening to Energy Matters. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. You've heard about Gem Cars on Energy Matters. Made by Polaris in Anaheim, California. These street-legal, small electric vehicles go where golf carts are not allowed. Equipped with seatbelts, headlights, optional doors, and a tag, Gem Cars and Trucks are perfect for shuttles, corporate, or college campus use. In fact, Georgia Tech has over 100 of them. The new generation Gems have many options when selecting the battery type, onboard chargers, and enclosures to suit the climate. Go to GemCarService.com to find out more. That's G-E-M CarService.com.